Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Show with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Show. My name's Ian Ansegray, and this is episode 206. First of all, the deadline is approaching for the big giveaway. Go to confident.live forward slash giveaway. There are so many cool things, such as a Heil PR40 microphone like this, although you can choose the color. We've got a whole year subscription to Agora Pulse, Ecamm Live, Restream. We've got copy of the most amazing marketing book ever. You have a consult free 90 minute consultation with me and so much more. I'm exhausted just going through all of that. It's to celebrate episode 200 and the fourth anniversary of this podcast. So do go to confident.live forward slash giveaway. A few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of inviting a new friend of mine, Frank Pendergast, onto the show. We were delving into authenticity, into success, into how we, I suppose, how we are online. How do we put ourselves forward? Do we put our whole selves? And we're getting quite deep. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about AI because Frank has been going down quite a few rabbit holes, but really helpful rabbit holes in the realms of AI. Yeah, just if you haven't heard of Frank, I'll just introduce him again. He is one half of husband and wife team Frank and Marcy, award-winning digital marketers who help solopreneurs and business, small businesses grow online and rise above the blah. Frank is also the owner of the most talked about moustache in the marketing world. You can connect with them on LinkedIn and at frankandmarcy.com. Come, welcome to the show, Frank. <laughs> there we go. I got, I got the applause in. Thank you, Ian. It's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> it requires multitasking. As the crowds die down in into the distance, thank you, Frank, for coming onto the show again. We're talking. I want to talk. Get stuck into AI because. That was actually going to be the main topic of this podcast. And then I decided, actually, let's split it into two because we've got so many different things to talk about. And I am trying to make these episodes a little bit shorter. So we talked about this a few weeks ago that we are some of the authors of the 36 of us. I think, is that right? Have I got that right? 36, 36. authors? Yeah, 36. In the most, yeah, most amazing marketing book ever. Over 10 countries. We're all from, I think we've represented us from 10 countries. And... 350 ideas, over 750 years of marketing, combined marketing experience. Have I got all the stats right, Frank? I think I've just... That all sounds, that all sounds absolutely correct. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, and it's been amazing to be part of this. This is a collaborative effort, really, headed up by Mark Schaefer. Now, the front cover of this is really interesting because it is AI-generated or partly AI-generated. And we've got you to thank for that. So I'd love to... We, a few weeks ago, we talked about that you tend to go down rabbit holes. And that's not always a good thing, but sometimes it is a good thing. And I would suggest to you that AI, the AI rabbit hole has absolutely been a fantastic thing for you. Tell us how you got into AI. It was, uh, I'm trying to remember when it was, I can't remember, but a friend of mine sent me a text, I think, and just said, have you heard of Midjourney? And I was like, what? No, I haven't. What is he talking about? And 
he said, it's an AI image generator. And he started sending me some images that he was creating. And the one that sticks in my mind was like, he sent me, because we're both comic fans, and he sent me an AI image of Civil War era Batman. <laughs> and he said, this AI generator created this from scratch. I just typed in Civil War era Batman, this came back. And I just thought, wow, this is amazing. At the time it was invite only, he had an invite. So I, I got on there and I started playing around with it and was just blown away. It was just, I was putting in things like David Byrne doing ballet on stage with his pet pig observing. <laughs> and it would come back with something that, you know, pretty, that looked like that. And so that was kind of, that was essentially how I got into it. And I just, I started playing with it and you had a certain amount of images free. I tore through those free images. Then you could pay a, a nominal amount to get a couple of images monthly or whatever, tore through them. I upped my plan, tore through them. And then I found I was on like the, the kind of maximum personal plan. And then I went, okay, I'm spending money on this thing. And I'm just playing. All I'm doing is just creating images in amazement at what it can do. But if I'm spending money on this, I really need to figure out what can you actually use it for? And so what I started doing then was, could I use it? At the time I was, I had just committed to, to writing a monthly blog post. And I was really struggling to, to come up with imagery for the blog post because I was writing about things like personal branding or defining your values or marketing stuff that doesn't have stock imagery that is interesting enough to illustrate a blog post with. I'm sure, if you want, if you want a couple of guys in suits looking like they're sitting around discussing values, you're golden, but that's not what I wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so I was doing these, I was trying to create these typographic images in Photoshop and quite honestly, they weren't great because they were taking too long to do. I had, I only had one image at the top of the post and frequently I wasn't hundred percent happy with it because I didn't have the time to spend to get it to where I wanted it to be. And so I thought, okay, what if I could do this with mid journey? And so I started exploring, could I get it to do abstracty illustrations that would make sense for the posts? So that's how I, that's how I first got into it. Really interesting. We've all got these stories of how we got into AI, I think. And I think for me, so it's interesting because obviously you, you have an artist, artist background and that's very much how you probably think. Whereas I think I started with chat GPT and I was looking at it. So I actually, cause I, I, do a lot of website work and WordPress stuff. And sometimes I get asked to buy a client to do something quite technical. And I've actually found ChatGPT is amazing at coding. So I don't have to be a, an amazing hardcore coder. I can actually get ChatGPT to help with that. It's just an amazing time to live, isn't it? So you can be you can be an all right artist and get mid, mid journey to help you. And you can be a kind of a, an average coder and get ChatGPT to help you. So some people might be saying at this point, this is a bit of a, this is also a bit of a scary time because, okay, this is cool, but what about the actual artists out there? What about the actual coders out there? What about the actual writers out there? What would you say to people about this? Because there's a lot of doom, mon do doom and gloom about this and the fact that we're all going to lose our jobs and we're going to have, what's it called? A Skynet or whatever it is and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what would you say to people yeah. about that? 
I would say that what I'm trying to do, I understand that fear and I don't think that it's, I don't think it's an irrational fear. I think it's, I think it's a very real fear, but like everything in life, we can't let that fear rule us. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to explore AI, understand it as best I can, understand what it can do for me, understand where it can help me in my job and understand where it might replace me in my job. And I'm also, I will admit, I'm like, I'm reading a book. I've, now I've been reading it since the start of the year because it's a heavy read <laughs> and it's not, an, it's not an easy read, but I've been reading a book called Superintelligence by Nick Bostrom. And that is about, he wrote it, I think maybe 2019 or yeah, or even earlier, a very long time ago in AI terms, but it's about the issues with trying to create artificial general intelligence, which then could lead to artificial superintelligence, which then could lead to the destruction of mankind. Uh, so I think that it is worth being aware of the potential issues, but I also think it's really important, particularly there are certain jobs like marketing that AI is already replacing certain activities. And I'm talking to people who are saying they feel like their work is drying up as a result of AI. So it, it is a fear and we just have to try to figure out how we can, what I, I think I, I've put it before is like, in, I'm trying to embrace AI and outsmart it as best I can, or stay ahead of it mm -hmm. as best for now. Yeah, so, it's so yeah. interesting. I think we ha I had to get that out of the way because I'm very, yes, there are some negatives and yes, there is fear here, but there's also a lot of positives. But sometimes we have to just, let's just name the fear. Let's just get it out there. Let's, and then let's say, look, we're all in the same situation. We all have to look at it in a positive way. How can this actually help my, the kind of the boring stuff maybe in our businesses? And okay, it might replace some aspects of me, that's a downer, but there's going to be new opportunities here. And one of the things that we we were talking the other day about AI, and one of the things that really interested me about what you were talking about is when it comes to creativity and, and actually allowing you to be more human. So how can AI make us more human? And I think one of the things that you were saying to me is that it can democratize creativity. So maybe expand on that a little bit. Yeah. So this is a conversation that I have with people a lot where uh, people say to me, AI is not creative. And I don't agree with that statement, but I also think that maybe you define creativity because I think everyone, creativity is not something that is like concretely defined. So maybe you define creativity in a way that currently excludes AI. But I heard someone say recently, this is the dumbest version of AI that you will ever use because technology is advancing, computational power is advancing, AI is just going to get smarter and smarter. And so I 100% believe that even if AI is excluded from your definition of creativity now, it's going to advance and you are not going to be able to exclude it from that definition of creativity. It is going to be creative. But what I find really interesting is I went to art college and when I was a kid, all I wanted to be was an artist. Now I'm a digital marketer. I never really found my artistic medium. And I think 
that one of the reasons I didn't was because I have this, I have this desire for immediacy. So oil painting, laborious, slow, you have to wait for layers to dry, come back, apply another layer, screen printing, love the output, but all those processes, you've got to go through all these chemical processes to get there. Same with photography. I love taking, I love digital photography now, but when I was in art college, <laughs> it was film photography. So I loved taking the photographs. I loved having the end result, but I did not enjoy being in the dark room going from again, chemical bed to chemical bed, putting the photos in each one in turn. And so my kind of, my artistic style ended up in college being these like really quickly scribbled cartoons, but I never really figured out how to make a, I don't know, a living or a, a career out of that. And now along comes AI and I can ideate, imagine, and then feed it to AI and get the output immediately. The friend who introduced me to mid journey first is also an incredible artist. His name's Emmett O'Neill. He's an incredible creative person and artist as well. And he said to me, that he didn't feel any ownership over the mid journey output. Now this was a while back. I must actually check back in with him and see if he still feels the same way, but he felt this was the work of AI. It wasn't his. And I don't feel that way. I actually recently, I put together a little exhibition in, in the metaverse in spatial of artworks that I had created in mid journey. And I didn't set out to create an exhibition of those works in the metaverse. I was just creating these artworks because I wanted to create them and I wanted to see them. I wanted to admire them. And I very much feel an ownership over those artworks. And they're like, they're, they're a series of black and white artworks, really abstract, really, they're very black ink and paint splashed on canvas type of feel. And I feel as though those artworks are mine. I came up with the idea for those artworks. I worked on the prompts to get them to look the way that I wanted them to look, but AI created them. So I don't know what that symbiotic relationship there is between imagination and creativity, but this is why I think that AI can democratize creativity because I speak to so many people. So before AI ever came along, I would speak to people, clients, and they would say, oh, I'm not creative. And I would say, okay, but you have an imagination. And that's the important thing. And they would say, what do you mean? I said, can you picture, close your eyes and picture a tree. Can you see it? Yes. You have an imagination. We all have an imagination. The difficulty is having the skills to bring what's in your imagination to life into the real world. AI can do that for us. And so that's why I think it can democratize creativity. You can put your imagination to work and have AI do the actual creation. Mm. Yeah, now that's interesting. Do you think part of this, part of the issue that we have is we want a bit of blood, sweat and tears to go into the creative process for us to then to be able to call it art. I, I see this so often when I see blog posts that have been churned out and it's it, by AI and it's not so much thought. So I've even seen somebody talk about a website that was completely AI driven. It was importing. It basically had some categories that it knew it was going to to talk about and it would pump out these AI images and blog posts every single day. And it would be perhaps the same with music or 
do you know what I'm trying to say here? There, there's an element yeah. of we we want there to be a little bit of that. However, it perhaps depends on the kind of content that we're looking at. For example, if it's just we just want to learn how to do something, maybe it doesn't matter that AI has generated that. But yeah, what what about the blood, sweat, and tears when it comes to art? Does that matter? It, okay. Really good question. And I think this is going to be fascinating to see how it develops because while yes, I believe that AI can democratize creativity and make it accessible to anybody, I still think and hope that we will have great artists who put their blood, sweat and tears into works and that we will still want to engage with because of that human connection that we crave, because of that, the shared human connection that comes through connecting with great art. I think that, so I think, I unfortunately can't remember who it was, but there was a post recently by a musician. Was it, was it what's the guy's name? Ruben, maybe? When he was talking about love will tear us apart and he was saying ai is never going to be able to create a song like love will tear us apart it's it's beauty is in its imperfection and i think we will always have people who will create love will tear us apart i think there will always be people who will say i do not want to use ai i want to create something from the heart with my hands there's no reason for artists to paint with oil paints nowadays. Like, why would you paint with oil paints? Why wouldn't you use Photoshop? Why wouldn't you, I don't know. <laughs> there are faster and easier ways to create images than oil paints, but we still have artists who paint with oils and we still love to see a beautiful oil painting. We still love to hang them in our homes. So I think and believe and hope that we will always have blood, sweat and tears artwork from great artists. But yeah. in the meantime, we can all create with AI. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think it can be it's necessarily either or you can do you can have both. And there is beauty and there's value in, in both things. And perhaps we're in danger of the starving artist mentality, which is we need to be true to the art and there needs to be that blood, sweat and tears and forgo any success because well, that's the most important thing. So yeah. that's a really interesting point in that, okay, let's take love will tear us apart. I truly believe there will always be people who will want to create their music. However, will a record label want to pay an artist for creating something like Love Will Tear Us Apart, which could, you know, who knows how long it takes to create a, an incredible piece of music, an incredible song. Will they want to pay that artist if AI over here can do it in two seconds at a potentially a fraction of the cost? So that's where things get really complicated and tricky and where we really need to be keeping a close eye on AI regulation and AI there's a lot of talk about a living wage at the moment, again, because of AI, like if it's going to replace swathes of jobs across all industries, then do we need a living wage? And I would say we need more than a living wage. We need a, I don't know what we'd call it, a thriving wage. If AI is going to be able to take over so much of 
the commercial world, then we need to be looking at how do we create a future where, okay, fine, AI looks after the commercial world, but the humans are looked after economically. Unfortunately, my, my concern is that we haven't figured out equitable distribution of wealth now, and it's a problem now without AI. So I'm still, that's where I get slightly concerned is that AI is now ethical. The ethics of AI right now are residing with corporations. And I'm, that's something I'm a little bit uncomfortable with. Yeah, and it is interesting. And the company that OpenAI that runs ChatGPT, they have actually been coming out and saying that there does need to be legislation. There does need to be they don't want to just they don't want to be in charge of doing all of this of all the messy stuff that we're messy talking about that we're talking about. Yeah, but they're a little yeah. bit like the it's a little bit so a, yeah open ai say that and they do have projects that are look, looking after the social aspects but i would say put <laughs> prove put your money where your mouth is and put all put, i think that they're right now investing massively in the ai and let's put a trickle over here into the social aspect and equally they're saying oh yes AI needs to be regulated. We need oversight here. But then they're turning around and saying, oh, actually, when we said that, we meant future dangerous versions of AI. We didn't mean our current versions of AI. No, we don't want those regulated. In fact, we're going to pull out of the EU if the EU passes their bill about AI. I don't think that we can trust the platitudes coming from corporations about AI regulation. It needs to be at a government level, which is also tricky because the government needs to come up to speed pretty, pretty quick if they're going to do that. Very true. We're almost out of time now. Can you recommend AI tools? So then what are the AI tools that you're using on a regular basis? Obviously, we've talked a lot about Midjourney and to definitely check out Midjourney. But what are the other kind of tools that you're using that you'd recommend people to get started with? So yeah, Midjourney is my favorite. I just love it. Then ChatGPT, we use ChatGPT and we we very much, all of our content is very human focused. So we very much try to, we use ChatGPT for the type of how-to content that you alluded to earlier or the stuff that previously you might've had to just do some research on Google and then write up a post about it. We use ChatGPT for that level of content. And then we will often layer on kind of human stories on top of that to make it much more engaging. I use, yeah, I use a variety of tools. I use a thing called DID for making little, you can take, you can, I create images in Midjourney and then basically make them talk with DID. I use opus.pro, incredible tool for if, for example, I could say to you, would you mind if I took the video version of your podcast and created little snippets for my own social media? And if you were open to that, I could pop the long form video into opus.pro and it will chop it up into little bits and it will even rank the snippets for me. So it'll say, look, I'm, I'm 95% confident that this clip will do really well on social media. And then it gives you all the clips ranked from 90% down to 60%. And I have found that at the upper level of the upper levels of confidence, it's pretty good. I also use Descript, which is AI powered that allows you to pop in long form content, have it transcribed and then edit it, edit it like you would a word document. So you're editing video the same way you would just edit text. Where I find that incredibly useful is for things like if you have, like I will do testimonial videos for clients using Descript because I can just quickly scan all the videos of testimonials, pull out the 
best bits and just copy and paste and I'm done. I think, yeah, I think they're probably the most useful tools that I'm using right now that I can think of. Wow, that's amazing. I'm a big fan of Descript and there's a lot of other tools in there. There was one tool that I need to look into. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the recording and write all of those down because they were amazing. So many cool things. It's a great, exciting time. Yes, there is maybe a little bit of little bit of fear in there, but there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of uncertainty, but there's a lot of possibilities as well in the world of AI. And thank you for helping us navigate through this exciting time, Frank. It's been great to have you on the show. Uh, do remember to check out the book, The Most Amazing Marketing Book Ever. And Frank was involved with the cover using, what, what were the tools you used for the cover, Frank? Midjourney created the main illustration, and then I also used AI. To, so Midjourney will create a, an illustration that wouldn't really be suitable for printing. So I used AI to take that and make it print ready, which is incredible. So yeah, Midjourney for the illustration and that little bubble with the ideas, the, what is it, 350 ideas? Mm. That little bubble was also created in Midjourney and then Photoshop to add the text. AI tools in Photoshop as well, because I needed to extend the, the background to wrap around the book. So yeah, AI tools used in Photoshop as well. So AI all over that cover. The typography was the human bit. It's amazing. AI, feeding AI, and oh, it's great. Yeah, Photoshop has AI. It's got Adobe Firefly. There's so many different amazing cool tools out there. Thank you, Frank, for being on the show. As we said last time, if you want to get in touch with Frank, the best place to go is, first of all, is the website. Is it frankandmarcy.com? I've got that right. Yeah, frankandmarcy.com. And then, yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where I live at the moment. So would love to connect with people on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Send me a message. Let me know that you listened in here. And, and yeah, let's have a chat. Yeah, do send a personalized message and Frank will get back to you. Thank you, Frank. It's been great to have you on the show as always. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank you. This has been <laughs> great. Thank you so much. That's been great fun. Thank you so much for watching or for plugging us into your ears. This is a podcast as well as a show on a video show on YouTube, LinkedIn and Facebook. If you haven't come across the podcast, just go to iag.me forward slash podcast. That's iag.me forward slash podcast. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for watching the Confident Live Marketing Show with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, see the loo.